If you listen to our New England Cold Cases episode from October, then you're probably familiar with the name Murder, She Told. Murder, She Told is an award-winning true crime podcast created by credentialed victims advocate Kristen Seavey that dives into lesser-known cold cases and true crime stories from Maine, New England, and small towns from far away. Murder, She Told uses detailed and documentary-style storytelling, weaving in original interviews with family, friends, and investigators closest to the case. Rooted in deep research, straightforward narratives, and victims and their families at the center of every story, Murder, She Told will speak to any listener, no matter where they call home. Learn more at MurderSheTold.com and find Murder, She Told now, wherever you get podcasts. Now... We'd like to share a clip from a special two-part series that premiered in September 2022 about Todd Harriman, a beloved mother who vanished in 2001. This episode gives listeners an intimate portrait of Todd's life, starting with her harrowing escape from Vietnam to her community in Portland, Maine, and her mysterious disappearance near League City, Texas. And it features her son, who uprooted his life at 24 to try to find his mom. If you're looking for cases you haven't heard of on other podcasts created by somebody advocating for victims and their families, be sure to check out other episodes on Murder, She Told, like The Disappearance of Reeves Johnson, a case that host Kristen works directly with the police department on, the most recent episode on the unsolved Rhode Island case featuring the family and detective, or an interview with the only known survivor of the Connecticut River Valley killer. Now... This is The Incredible Life of Todd Harriman on Murder, She Told. Tot Harriman had always lived by the water, from the lush banks of the Saigon River to the rocky beaches of Maine's Casco Bay and the warm shallows of the Gulf of Mexico. She never strayed far from the shore. At the age of 57, Tot was searching for a new beachside home. The drive from Houston to Corpus Christi would take nearly four hours, and she'd chosen the scenic route. As her maroon sedan cruised down the quiet road, Tot's mind drifted to her family. Her 35-year-old son had been half asleep when she kissed him goodbye earlier that morning. Once she moved to Texas, she'd be seeing much more of him. She had an appointment with a realtor scheduled for the next day, and if all went well, she'd soon own a home in Corpus Christi and would be making the drive back and forth to Houston regularly. She looked forward to spending more time with her family as well as making new connections, Perhaps she would teach her grandchildren to fish on one of the coast's balmy bays, or maybe she'd contribute to the Vietnamese community in her new city. But Tot would never get the chance to live out these plans. Somewhere along Route 35, her story would be cut short, or rather, it would dissolve into a grim mystery with no clear ending. At 8.30 a.m., a friend called Tot and the phone rang four times before going to voicemail. It would be the first of many attempts to reach her. Based on the time that she left Min's house, she should have gotten to Corpus between 9 and 9.30. But at 10.30 a.m., 
the friend called again, and this time it went straight to voicemail, indicating that her phone was off. That evening, after not hearing from his mother all day, Min called the friends that she was supposed to be staying with. When he learned that she'd never arrived, he immediately became worried. The next day, Tot missed her appointment with the realtor, and nobody heard from her through that weekend. Though Min went to the League City Police on Thursday to report her missing, the date on Tot's official missing person report was Monday, July 16th, four days after she was last seen. They really didn't allow us to file a missing person claim, you know, until maybe 72 hours after we last saw her. And that's a long time. We got a lot of kind of civil liberties thrown at us, you know. Oh, well, you know, she's she's a grown lady. She can do what she wants. And we're like, you know, no, like, why would she, you know, she wouldn't do, this is out of character for her. Well, you know, give it some time. While these initial days of investigation and panic were unfolding, Chinsi was oblivious to the truth, having the trip of a lifetime out west. So I came out and um, the guide director said, hey, you know, you need to go make a phone call. Something's happened with your family. And I gave a call to my sister and uh, my cousin picked up the phone and said, you have to come home right away because uh, your mom is missing. And uh, I remember just saying no and, uh, you know, putting down the phone. And they, they bought me a plane ticket and I walked into the, um, the offices of Texas EquiSearch. I remember seeing flyers, pictures of my mom, pictures of the car, and just thinking, this is surreal. The weekend of July 21st and 22nd, over a week after Todd's disappearance, volunteers retraced her route down the 75 miles of highway between League City and Bay City, as well as Port Lavaca and Palacios, areas closer to Todd's planned destination in Corpus Christi. While no official connections have been made by authorities, League City is home to an area known as the Texas Killing Fields. Since the 1970s, several women's bodies have been found in and around a 25-acre patch of land, while 30 additional bodies matching similar descriptions have been found throughout the wider region of southeast Texas. It is evident that foul play was a factor in the majority of these cases, leading many to believe that several serial killers could be behind the unsolved murders. Although some believe that Tot has a connection to the killing fields, she would be an outlier. All of the other victims were women between the ages of 12 and 35, but Tot was 57. They searched for miles on those routes. Every body of water that they could think of, they tried to plumb every possible route they drove looking for guardrails or, uh, you know, something that looked like a car had gone off the road. They flew multiple versions of the route using state police airplanes. We, you know, we would put horses on trailers and search for miles and miles along different routes where we thought maybe there was a chance she could have gone off the road. On July 24th, about two weeks after Tot's disappearance, League City Police Detective Richard Renison told reporters that they had gotten several tips of sightings of the vehicle, including claims that it had been driven erratically on I-45, the large highway Tot planned to avoid. One woman claimed to have seen a man driving Tot's maroon sedan three days after she disappeared. In her account, 
he was alone. A composite sketch depicting a slim black man in his early 20s was released following her report. The amount of detail she was able to recall is surprising, considering the fact that she only caught a brief glimpse of him while driving on a major highway, and a week had elapsed before she reported the sighting. Another caller said the car was parked at a grocery store 10 minutes away from League City, in Dickinson. Unfortunately, since the reports came in over a week after the sightings, there was little that officials could do. Where do we go look? questioned a lieutenant with the sheriff's department. Following the July 24th updates, more reported sightings came in to Tot's family and the police. A lot of leads turned out to not be true, said Detective Renison. We had hundreds of sightings, but none we could substantiate. Two weeks passed, and Tot's children were losing faith in the ability of the police to locate their mother. They hired a private investigator, and Chin Si, who was 24, uprooted his life, moving from California to Texas. In late July, he launched a website, findtot.org, to expand the case's reach. It is clear from Chin Si's words that he believed exposure was the best way to move the case forward. Chinsey also used the site to tell the story of his mother's life. He posted pictures of Tot with her family, including one of her standing next to him at his graduation from Stanford the previous summer. Though she is an entire head shorter than her son, Tot stands tall in the photo, beaming with pride at Chinsey's accomplishments. He wrote, Hello everyone, this is my mother's site. I've tried to put into it everything that I could find. This is my dedication to her memory and all for which she stood. I don't know where she is right now, and I miss her. She was an incredible woman, beyond words at times, whose life spoke for the good we all hope for, but sometimes let slip away. I personally called up many precincts across Houston and up and down the coast, and I asked them each individually whether they knew of my mom's case, and in many cases they said no. And so it really became a bit of a, not a bit of, it became a a personal crusade to just get my mom's image, get her case in front of people. And I spent a year of my life just doing that pretty much nonstop. On August 11th, a local newspaper confirmed that police had gone through Todd's phone records and credit card statements, which showed that she hadn't made any calls or purchases since her disappearance. The lack of activity, Detective Renison admitted, was very unusual. The only thing they were able to confirm was that her phone must have lost power or been turned off between 8 and 10.30 a.m. the day of her disappearance, as the first call that went through rang four times, and the second call didn't ring at all. He said, we've got a big pile of nothing. Jinzi said in the same article, it's been really tough. You want to get everything done as fast as you can, and you want a million people out looking for her. But it just doesn't happen that way. It's the helplessness. That's what's hardest for me. You realize just how fractured the system is and how human it is and how, you know, everyone just is mostly just reacting to whatever's in front of them and just prioritizing whatever's first at hand. There's not this coordinated effort to find missing people. On August 15th, A sergeant from the state police summarized the efforts put forth so far, saying, We started at the residence and followed the route she planned to take all the way to Palacios, 
which was the halfway point on her trip to Corpus. We stopped at every ravine, every bar ditch, every body of water. There were three or four places that she might have run off the road. We weren't satisfied with what we found, so we used a plane on Friday. We're going back in a helicopter. There are a couple of areas of water we're going to check with a John boat. The family is doing a lot of legwork. We'll help the family and League City Police in any way we can. We are willing to do whatever it takes. You've been listening to Murder, She Told. If you enjoyed this clip from The Incredible Life of Todd Harriman, I encourage you to check the links in the show notes or find Murder, She Told wherever you get podcasts. 